0: on cool yo what is up guys this is the cloud nine podcast season six episode 12 and in today's video i'm going to be going over my lec 2023 spring split tier list and i'm going to actually talk about you know the fanatic and upset drama as well let me go see uh what i titled this kind of video like last time we did it because last time, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, how could you, like, fucking talk about my team like that? It's like, dude, it's called being unbiased. And everyone knows that, like, I'm going to be unbiased when I'm talking about, you know, like, a lot of these teams because it's just understanding, like, where their relative, you know, strength is at, you know? um. All right. So, let me go to right here. Uh, let me just type in LEC for the Cloud9 podcast. And I'm going to go over what I initially thought was actually going to end up happening. So, yeah, this offseason has been absolutely uh, insane. I personally think it's been one of the more craziest off seasons that we've actually had to go through in recent memory. Because there was so much, you know, parody in all the leagues. I mean, the LPL is still getting uh, sorted out right now. And the LCK is pretty much all done. So the last major region to be going through their offseason right now is um, the uh, LPL right now. So we have to see how that goes. But yeah, I think um, I'm going to be learning a lot more from my predictions that I made earlier this year and last year. Because I think the problem with my uh, predictions is more like, oh, okay, this is probably something that I know is going to happen. And I should probably always kind of predict it's going to happen and how that always goes, you know? And I think that's always been a huge issue that I've always had. Is, is pretty much like I, I can kind of see how things are going to end up panning out. But I don't always predict for it, even though I kind of have a feeling it is, you know? Um, But I'll be going over some brand new announcements for the channel uh, in a future episode. Pretty much before the episode that is going to kick off the season, uh, we'll be going through... Uh, what I want to do for the channel moving forward, obviously the channel has been uh, growing, you know, in the recent uh, off season that we've actually gone through, which is good because, you know, one of my biggest goals for this channel, literally the only goal is to just, you know, get the channel to a thousand subscribers. That's all I really need, you know, that's it. That's the goal for the channel is to reach a thousand subscribers and then simply, you know, just get the channel monetized. That is it. I need to fix up the channel uh you know title for the stream. So I gotta do it for just a moment. Give me one second, guys. Yeah. Okay. So give me like literally a second and I'm going to fix up the rest of what I need to fix up right here. Okay. Uh yeah, because I I I just put spring split tier list. Spring Split Team tier list. There we go. Uh, Upset and Fanatic Drama. G2 on top. There we go. There we go. I I had to, you know, change up the title of the stream during midstream because I simply was uh, not really reading too much into it. And uh, let me go over this as well. Okay, so I think the last tier list I had with this was um, let's see, LEC. There we go, show all we can just get that. Okay, spring and then summer. Okay, let's go with mm. oh, that's right. I think we combined them the last time. Yeah, we actually combined the tier list last time, but you know, as you guys know like, during the off-season, uh, got to kind of spread out the content. So that's been the reason why uh, you're going to get this episode separate from, you know, the LCS episode. So, yeah, that's been pretty much it. Uh, Let me share out the show in just a moment, and then we are going to end up starting. So if you do end up watching this on the replay, make sure you subscribe, make sure you, uh, you know, like, the stream and comment down below would always like to you know hear from you guys and let me go to the stream and get it ready for you guys really quickly so if, if anyone's passing through make sure to always subscribe like and comment let me make sure I'm um, uh definitely getting rid of this person I have always like weird bots that always come out um yeah let me do a poll really quickly and then let's get started okay uh see okay smash the like button so that g2 can win lec 2023 uh can can win the lec 2023 spring split. But it's going to be split up, though. Yeah, because the format's going to be a bit different uh, with the LEC. But we'll just call it Spring for a little bit, because it's literally just Spring, you know? Hell yeah, I did. And we're also going to have... Uh, uh, let's see. he 2 is king. There we go. Putting that right there. Okay. Um... We're also going to be going over the LEC format changes, which I'm going to be going over in this video as well. So, so before we get into talking about everything, we're gonna end, end up talking about there's some stuff that we really have to cover in today's uh, episode because there's some really interesting stuff going on with the LEC. So let me uh, sign out of my second YouTube channel account, and then I'm going to end up going on you know my main account, and I'm gonna bring up the video. That I want us to go over because we're we're gonna cover this video first about the LEC format changes, and then we're gonna end up going over another big piece of off-season news that just ended up getting revealed to us, you know, a bit ago, uh, because it was upset and fanatic drama, which is like really weird, all things considered. So let me get all the all of the uh, content ready for you guys. Uh yeah, I'm just ready for literally anything to happen you know that's it i i'm i just want uh the season to start up again whether it's like the lpl whether it's uh lck whether it's na whether it's europe i don't care which season starts i don't care just start it up okay that's what i would want uh then after that uh let's do El Yoya, upset fanatic uh we're going to go back into youtube then we're going to be going over uh the Hmm. Upset drama, which just ended up happening. Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Let's go history. And let's go over upset and fanatic. That's going to be also a topic that we cover. Okay. Okay. Oh, my Lord. Can we find it? Can we find it? Yes, we did. We found it. Okay. So, this is upset. Okay. We have that there. So, that happened like that. So, okay. We have the main points for today's episode, okay? Uh, Let's see. Okay. All right. So, We're going to go over this video, and this video perfectly explains why the LEC format is changing the way it is and how you can maybe see how this will impact the league going forward. Now, I wish the LCS would, you know, kind of work on this format as well. I think this is a format where I could see it definitely benefiting Europe, but it just depends on the teams that are winning. You know, I think the LCS should attempt to try out a different format because, you know, a lot of people have said that the uh, spring spring split kind of structure into MSI just really isn't that interesting. You know, and I think that that is something that should be explored more. I mean, we already don't get double elimination for the 20 for like, you know, worlds, right? But we've been able to experiment with double elimination in the major regions, though. You know, the LPL, LEC, and the LCS all have double elimination for their playoffs. I don't know why Worlds doesn't get to experiment with at least that format at least once. Are you telling me throughout all the World Championships that we aren't going to get to see, you know, one double elimination format and just see how it goes? In Valorant, there's double elimination as well. So that's my thing. You know, when people bring up, oh, well, you know, there's double elimination. It's going to do all this, like, bullshit to fucking worlds. It's, it's like it's not, though. Like, literally, all you have to do is have double el- elimination in quarterfinals, and you're perfectly fine. You can run the tournament the exact same way, but you could simply just have double elims in round eight. Uh, sorry, round eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> the quarterfinals, that's what I mean. Um, That's what I would do, personally. Okay. So we're going to go over this video right here because we're going to have to get through this uh, to get you guys where up to speed at we're currently at with this. Two, one. The LEC- I don't know why it started there. That's weird. Okay, so let's go over this. Then we're going to go over the rest of what I'm going to cover in today's episode. All right.
1: Hello, LEC fans. As we enter the second decade of League of Legends eSports in our region, we're making some very exciting changes to our ecosystem that will bring our competition and entertainment to a whole new level. Without further ado, let's get into it. We'll start with the LEC. We've broadened what the E stands for to include Europe, Middle East, and Africa, or EMEA, as we are merging our Europe, CIS, Turkey, and MENA, Middle East and North Africa regions, all into one.
0: Okay, so that means the CIS is where uh, Gambit Gaming came from, Unicorns of Love, you know, orbs like that. Gambit left League of Legends a long time ago. Uh, I think they just do CSGO at the moment. Uh, Turkey has been one of the more better wildcard regions, and they're going to be merging into the ERLs system. Now, that would mean that without turkey there is another world slot to go around because you know worlds has to have 22 teams so are they going to be giving the fourth seed to the lcs at this point when it comes to worlds we're gonna obviously have to hear about what they're gonna be doing with that because turkey took up a seed at worlds right so do you give the lcs a fourth slot and i think that wouldn't really be too well either that wouldn't be really that good but hey gonna have to fill the slot right um, wildcard regions to me are just really not that good. And and they've sometimes you've had teams that have overperformed, and it, it's been more like the better team just kind of underperformed, is the reason why they mostly always did well. And yeah, you, you can't just keep going through every year going, Well, yeah, and this year it's gonna be so much different for them. It's like, no, the wildcard regions are not good. Literally, Evil Geniuses, who was a pretty okay team for lcs standards like even though they were first place you know like during this past um lcs 2022 summer split even though they're first place i mean and it weren't like a dominant lcs first place team i mean it's some dominant games but they were also they were ropey they were just consistently okay that evil geniuses with danny clapped most of the wild card teams you know the only time that eg Lost to the wildcard teams was when they have Kaori, you know, because they lost to Detonation Focus Me and they lost to, I think, another team. No, no, they just lost to DFM, right? Yeah, EG lost to DFM and another uh, wildcard team. It was just literally just they only had two losses on the wildcard teams. That's it. Like EG was completely destroying them. You know, I'm just not too sure why the wildcard teams really still get slots at Worlds. I mean, it's just Riot's way of just globally, you know, looking at their system and going, okay, you know, (laughs) we're going to, you know, include all the regions, right? But wildcard regions just aren't really that good. Like, Brazil's always suck, you know? Brazil's biggest upsets are when they were going up against, um, it was Kaboom, when they beat Alliance, and... When INTZ beat EDG, like Brazil is, is, is fucking trash, you know? Now, um, Turkey's probably been the best overperforming minor region, and they've put the PCS in minor region form, that used to be the LMS, and they also put the VCS in kind of like minor region status, but it kind of counts as a major region, even though... The VCS only gets, like, two slots, which is, like, really weird, you know? Michael, what's up, man? How you doing, dude? So, yeah. Looking forward with this, I think this is better because, like, as the years went by, and even though Turkey kind of overperformed as a minor region, they were kind of, like, the best minor region to a certain extent, even... At, at like various worlds, they've just completely kind of ran it down. And this is not even just about worlds. we got to factor in even with wildcard, you know, uh, regions or minor regions, got to kind of look at it this way as well, is you add M- a lot of MSIs to go through as well. At MSIs, wildcard teams really aren't ever playing that well. They're getting completely destroyed. I mean, Australia literally went winless at both international tournaments this year from both teams sending two different teams
1: the lec will now represent an even bigger audience and as part of that we are adding an official turkish broadcast to our lineup we wanted to cater towards giving fans more of what they love picking yeah! <laughs> just kidding what i meant to say is high stakes shorter and more dynamic splits and introducing best of threes and more best of fives throughout
0: yeah um i agree with this best of threes is the way to go the or it was called the EU LCS back then. The EU LCS between the years of 2017 and yeah, literally in 2017, they experimented with uh BO3s. And I think that ultimately was at the worst time for Europe because the teams back then were like really, really weak. But you know, I like that they experimented with BO3s and the LCS experimented with BO3s, you know, as well. And they just stopped doing BO3s because it was not good for viewership. But the thing here, guys, is there's a lot more to really break down with that. But the thing here is LCK and LPL, the regions that are always winning worlds, play BO3s in their region. They just do. Now, there was a period point in time where the the current pros that were playing at the time, they actually were like, no, I don't want to go back to playing BO1s. But then, you know, like a lot of players were also complaining that this contributed to burnout. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, you can't really have it both ways. You can't be like, I'm burnt out, but then you want to play a less competitive format. That's not how that works. You know, I think going forward, if the LCS and the LEC want to do consistently well at the World Championship or at MSIs in the future, I don't care which organization is representing EU or NA, I personally think BO3s, into BO5s is the better way, you know, BO1s, yeah, they're good for, like, just random minor upsets, but you could also have that in BO3s too, you know, I know a lot of people's arguments are like, well, but the upsets are so much better in BO, it doesn't fucking matter, you can get upsets in BO3s too, you're just getting a more competitive series, and I know people are going to be like, well, oh, uh, I don't want to watch, like, fucking bottom tier teams face each other, you don't have to, That's your answer. You don't got to watch bottom tier teams face each other because bottom tier teams have literally given you nothing and no reason to watch them. But, you know, bottom tier teams might get looked at better if you can see more games out of them. Because sometimes bottom tier teams might be able to play better and adapt better in some series, but you're not able to see these series at all from a lot of these teams because most bottom tier teams or bottom tier orgs from the LEC don't make Playoffs, really. So you don't get to see more of them. All you're seeing is the week-to-week BO1s, which is also pretty bad if you're a team that's already that bad and you're not going to be doing uh, or getting any better. Personally, to me, I think it was stupid to remove BO3s, and I think the viewership uh, number argument from Riot was extremely bad. I I like that they're going to be doing BO3s.
1: We're expanding our LEC season into Winter, Spring and Summer Splits with the addition of the Season Finals. The Winter, Spring and Summer Splits will feature three different stages. The initial three weeks of each split will have a best-of-one, single round-robin format. The following three weeks of every split will be packed with best of three and best of five series. The top eight teams from the round robin will qualify for the group stage. Here, they'll be separated into two groups and will compete in double elimination best of threes. From there, the top four teams will advance to the playoffs to compete in a nail-biting series of best of fives to determine who will emerge as the splits champion. After three edge of your seat splits, our split champions meet our most consistently excellent teams based on championship points at the LEC Season Finals. These six teams will battle it out over four weeks of best of fives to decide who will be LEC's new champion and who will go on to seek more glory on the world stage. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, okay. So it's not going to be a spring split. It's going to be a winter split. So let me actually adjust my title right now for the LEC. because I, I, I forgot. It was supposed to be winter Because they're doing three splits, actually. Uh, Let me do that right now. Okay. Oh, my Lord. Why? I get the Sprite ad. Why do I have a Sprite ad? That's so cringe, man. Okay. Uh, Let me do... uh, For the LEC. 2023, 2023 LEC winter. Yeah, it's a winter season right here. That is ridiculous. Okay. So, let me... Change the title of this stream super quickly because people are going to be like, oh my God, it's it's not the right title. And that's true. It's not the right split. So I would have to change it right now. Give me literally one second. Okay. Uh, let's go to the second channel's account and let me enter in password and let me change it really quickly. But I like that. I like that it's going to be three splits. For one, you get more games, more BO3s, and BO5s. I like it. Give it to me. I like it all the way around. I love it. You know? I hope the LCS experiments with this type of format. Please, please, please do that. Okay? Okay. Uh, LEC 2023 sp- uh, Winter Split... Yeah, that's going to be called calling it... That's going to be cold. Oh my god, fuck me. Sorry, sorry. It's going to be weird calling it a winter split. Now we're going to have a winter, spring, and summer split. I mean, it depends, because you might also fall into the same problems that uh, the other splits did, but it just depends. Okay. Uh, G2 Esports and Rogue. Mm, let's go. Okay, upset and upset fanatic drama. Right here. No, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll just put upset drama. There we go. Yeah. All right. So the title is definitely updated. All right. So let me go back to this video really quickly. And then we are going to uh, finish up this video and get into our other topics for today's show. Okay. All right, and we are in. Okay.
1: We'll have a more in-depth look at this format before the season gets underway. And it's not just new formats in 2023, but new teams and new faces. While saying goodbye to Misfits this year was hard, we can't wait to see what Team Heretics is going to do in their first season in the LEC. They will join the battle alongside Koi, the newly rebranded version of reigning champions
0: Rogue. With... I, uh, God dang. Wait, that the real 100 Talk podcast? Whoa, wait, no, no, no. Are, are you the real 100 Talk podcast? I love your guys' stuff. You guys are awesome. Nice, t- if that if that's really you, and I, I'm not get, getting trolled by some hot lady right now, which is probably my wife. Oh my God, not nice to meet you. Holy crap, I, I I love your stuff. I love your stuff. It's It's really you. What? Oh, shoot. Awesome. Oh, nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Um, next week, if you hit me up and you follow me on Twitter, I'm gonna be doing my LCS uh Spring Split uh team tier list. Next week is LCS because LEC starts before the LCS anyway. So if you guys want to come on to next week's show when I'm doing the LCS uh Spring Split team tier list for the uh, 2023, uh you guys are more than welcome. Just you know, DM me and I'll let you guys come on if you want to. Oh shit! Are you guys ready for Bjergsen to tank your team? I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh shoot! Okay, so there is something that I wanted to go over earlier before a quick shot went into this. So one of the most important things about like getting rid of the bottom tier teams early on is it's actually in pair. It's actually very crucial. So it's a very really good thing to get rid of like you know, ninth and 10th place teams. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys here, watching this on the replay and in the live chat, I don't really like watching ninth and 10th place teams play. It just kind of, it's pretty bad. And the gameplay is, like, really bad. Remember when uh freaking BDS and, like, uh SK Gaming would play against each other? That'd be, like, really bad. Or if you're an LCS watcher, remember when, like, Golden Guardians and, like, Dignitas would play against each other? That's really bad. That's, like, horror. That was, like, really bad, atrocious gameplay. So I think them removing worse teams the more the season goes through is actually a good thing because I just really only want to see the best teams play, and it's always kind of cool to have, like, a middle-of-pack team always kind of overperform too, which doesn't always happen too much in the LEC, but it's better to have that team get consistently shown than having, like, me watching – Team BDS play up against um <laughs> Astralis. I really could kill us about that, you know? That's just me, personally. If you have to ask me, I, I like this format change right here. Also, going into BO3s is so imperative. You get to be on stage more, and you're getting a chance to adapt in the draft more. You're also getting a chance to... Uh, adapt to more matchups, play out the games differently because, you know, BO, best of ones are, is literally just one game a week, right? But, you know, people need to understand when these teams scrim, they're scrimming and they're playing five, four games anyway, you know? You're literally just basically them playing their scrims on stage in a more professional way, if that makes sense, right? So uh also going into more BO5s, because I, I know Quickshot said toward the very end of this is going to be like the top, Four teams battle each other. Yeah, that way you weed out any like bad teams because I'm not gonna lie here, guys. Misfits—they were like okay in the LEC uh, 2022 season, but they weren't really that good, though. You know, like we knew once Misfits got to the playoffs, we knew they were finished. You immediately knew they were gonna do bad. You know, and I would kind of like only to see like the much better teams. You know, but. Yeah, that's just how I feel about that person right now.
1: While saying goodbye to Misfits this year was hard, we can't wait to see what Team Heretics is going to do in their first season in the LEC. They will join the battle alongside Koi, the newly rebranded version of reigning champions Rogue.
0: Okay, so for anyone who's just going to be getting into Europe right now, Koi invested a good amount of money into Rogue, and they're going to be merging their brands. So instead instead of just Koi buying out the slot... They already would buy, they would like heavily invest into Rogue and I guess work on their infrastructure or however that lingo goes. But this is what I don't understand is Rogue is already a recognizable face in the, um, LEC. I don't understand the rebrand to Koi, you know, I, I just don't get it. I I think the rebranding to the name Koi is, is just really bad. I think the name also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Rogue also just won the LEC 2022 Summer Split, right? So if you're a Rogue fan, right, you don't even get a chance to take that pride of winning your first championship to the next split because you get a rebrand. And I get it. It's essentially the same org, but that's uh, it's hard to explain it to people. It's like, yeah, that is Rogue, but their name has changed. I personally think the name change is not a good idea. I think they should, Heavily, heavily consider rechanging that back, you know? Rogue was always kind of like this underdog team who would do very, very well in the regular season, even always get consistently top four, first or second place in some splits. They had many splits where they should have honestly won the title, but they kept choking with various different rosters. And they finally managed to win a LEC title. They finally did it. And then they go and change their name. Because the new investors came in and they are trying to, you know, restructure what Rogue is. I think just keeping the name should have been their first priority. You know, brand recognition is a really key thing amongst these teams. And Koi, I don't know. I just don't know. Huh. Koi sounds like a, a fish orc. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, like, I don't know what the, yeah, that's a pineapple, right? I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was a fruit. I don't know. Like, yeah, you're right. That's a pineapple. It's like a flaming pineapple. It it just looks bad. It just looks extremely bad. Like, that looks like... Sorry, it's, that looks like shit. <laughs> that looks like extremely bad, in my own personal opinion. So, yeah, I'm just not the hugest, hugest fan of the new Brandon logo. It just looks really bad. It's like when um, Evil Geniuses changed their... Uh, their original logo. I I don't mind the logo they have now, but their original logo before their newer one looked, like, really good.
1: With Astralis, XL, Fnatic, G2, Mad Lions, SK, Team BDS, and Vitality, these 10 teams are poised to take 2023 by storm.
0: No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Quick shot. Don't lie to them. Don't lie to these guys. Uh... God, God, no way on this earth is Astralis, SK Gaming, BDS, or probably Team Heretics taking anything by storm. At all. (laughs) SK Gaming suck. (laughs) I have watched a lot of these teams for many years, and these guys are not good. If BDS takes over the world, I will eat my shoe on a stream. I promise you. Take 2023
1: by storm as they fight it out to be the next to lift the LEC trophy. But wait, there's more. The Amazon EU Masters will have a brand new name and a brand new look.
0: Why? Why? Everyone knows what EU Masters is. What okay, like I maybe I'm not the right guy to talk about these kind of things. Unnecessary rebrands are just make no sense. You know? I get rebranding when it makes sense you kind of want to get away from a brand name that's like has a negative connotation to it. That makes sense. But if you Already have a synonymous name with the brand. Why would you change it? Um, because he did say that they're changing the brand to more encompass everybody. But that's what E Masters would be, would it not? You know.
1: Introducing the Amazon EMEA Masters. More regions, but with the same unbridled passion.
0: If it's the same, then why change the name then? You know, it's the same thing. I don't understand
1: and excitement. As part of the EMEA Regional League's expansion, we now have 13 ERLs, including MENA's Arabian League and Turkey's TCL. And we'll be broadcasting Amazon EMEA Masters in Turkish in addition to our usual languages. We're so excited to bring the LECs and Amazon's EMEA Masters unique brand of five head plays, ridiculous skits, and unbridled chaos back to your screens. We'll see you then.
0: Also, it was a nice, good video. I like this video a lot. I think it, it goes over what I needed to go over. The thing here is understanding. Uh, I just hope the LCS does this. That's all I see. That's all I want. If the LCS tries this, I'll be happy. But I, I really doubt they will. So, this was uh, an article to go over from Alejandro Gomez talking about the El Yoya case breakdown. So, when I was covering the 2022 offseason for the LEC, I even said, g2 should get el yoya i think he would be one of the best fits for the team i think he would be a suitable replacement for yankos suitable right because i i think yankos offered a lot to g2 and i i personally think that it's one of these things where you know how like a so i know 100 talk podcasts is is watching so i could this is the best example that i that i could give for people who are watching that aren't big big fans of league yet who need to understand this um Usually when there's a player that has been playing on an org that has had a lot of consistency and a lot of strengths, right? So someone like Someday, who has been with the Hunter Thieves for so long, has brought the org a lot of success, brought the org a lot of, you know, uh, worlds, appearances, a trophy even. You, you, you look at it and you go, what is the reason to really get rid of this guy, you know? And it's the same case with the G2 situation, and it's more... I, I get it. Maybe Caps doesn't want to play with Yankos anymore, or maybe they're just all inning on the Caps show. But Yankos was a very key, vital point and part of G2, so much so to the point where if they have a different jungler throughout all, all these different years, I don't know if they do too well. You know, and I I, I love G2. G2's the other org that I root for. I have, Well, other orgs that I root for, but I think it's one of these things where, like, a player like Yankos could have a down year quote unquote or down split and I personally think that that is never the reason to get rid of a player that is that decorative you know because people would say well ugh, they're getting old but it's not about old it's more like he's playing just fine so it has to be mid junk synergy you know it, it, like god it, i I just don't like it you know uh like someday played very well for Hunter thieves i I literally watched someday. 100 Thieves since 2018, and to see them not kind of re-sign him and go with tenacity, if you're going at it from a budget angle, that makes sense to a certain extent. But people don't understand, the reason why sometimes a lot of these orgs that do very well, they have a key centerpiece at their uh, positions to make them perform very well, you know? I just don't really see the reason of just dropping him, other than there may have been one other reason. Caps doesn't want to play with Jankos or they just want to move on. And it's one of those things where you can't really fault them. They are paying the guy the money. <laughs> Video is good. Yeah. But I hate them mentioning ridiculous skits or whatever. They lean so hard into Mimi skits and it just feels childish to me. Yeah. I'm not someone that actually like watches the music videos or the skits. Skits to me, man, I'm, I'm just not the audience for skits. I think skits are like really cringe Honestly, like you know how how they had that like reckless music video for me, not for me. I just don't like that stuff. That's not my 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 thing. But then again, I'm just an EU hater. <laughs> oh shit, totally agree with this take. It's hard to say when with a beloved player who has been with the franchise. Yeah, that's the thing is you know, now without that stabilization on G2, is G2 gonna perform very well? Caps is like the last remaining member of the oh you're gonna have Mickey X back, but you know. Like like been with G2 since, what, 2019? You know? So it says, The following information is a breakdown of, a, of the events that transpired, revealing the potential team options for Mad Lions jungler El Yoya during the current offseason. At the beginning of the offseason, all signs pointed to El Yoya staying as the starting jungler for Mad Lions. Previously, between the spring and summer 2022 LEC season, a team offered a... What's that? Two... 2,200,000 euro buyout for El Yoya. The offer was rejected by Mad Lions. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. What the f- Mad Lions rejected a $2 million offer? No, that's- you, you have to be trolling me. That's not- That's not right. <laughs> That'll make no sense. Oh my god, why would you- what? He could honestly buy a really good player with that, you know? They rejected a $2 million offer for El Yoya. I guess they're just building this new team all around him. They're going to reject a $2 million offer. It should be noted that at the time of this article, the jungler has one year left on his contract and has not renewed with Matt. Yeah, so they signed El Yoya. So you know how, like, Rogue re-signed Inspired, early on in 2021 and then he had that insane buyout for evil geniuses for anyone that is watching on the replay, obviously uh, the reason there's many reasons why you do that, but it's, it's more of a way for another org to pay more money for him. So essentially since he has another year on his contract, let's say I'm whoever this team was. I'm pretty sure it was G2 as it, went, it was G2. So let's say G2 wanted El Yulia. But Yoya's contract doesn't run out until next year. Now, next year, he can simply just do whatever he wants, right? He'll be a free agent unless he re-signs earlier next year, right? So G2 goes up to them and offers them 2 million euros. That's, that's a lot of money. Now, I don't think any Western player is worth 2 million X dollars. So before I cover my other scenario, um, I'll go back to what I was saying before, which is since you have another year of the contract already on a player's, you know, um, ready to go, the org that has to buy that player, has to buy out that player's contract and the player's salary. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, um, Cloud9 had to pay a lot of money for Perks because Perks was actually signed in G2 until like 2023 at the time or 2024. And Jack had to pay buyout. And the massive salary that it took to actually get him. So with that, they would have to pay Oyoyo's buyout. Buy out the rest of his contract. And paying his salary. Mad Lions threw away 2 million euros. And the thing here is I just don't think no Western player was worth this. Other than maybe, I don't know honestly. If there's any player between the LEC and the LCS. Who was worth 2 million dollars? I, that is how contracts get overbloated in the scene. People offering two million for a Western player. I, I just don't see a world where there's any Western player worth that much money. If you're going to give someone two million dollars, you might as well try to get I don't know, freaking Canyon or something, right? Try and get Canyon. Try and get Kanavi. Try and get world class jungler. If you're going to go for that amount of a buyout. You're buying, like, a, a legit world-class player or someone you think is world-class based off their, you know, previous, uh you know, play at, at a international tournament. That's just me personally. I think this is how you get contracts that are stupidly expensive for no reason. Like, I like Oyoya. I think he's a pretty good player, all things considered. But $2 million worth, that's – I don't know about that, you know. That's just stupid. Who's offering these numbers? Oh, God. With El- with the El Yuyas contract up at the end of 2023 and the two parties unable to agree on an extension, Lions began to explore offers for the player. With teams tightening their budgets, the initial asking price was €800,000. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mad Lions, please, m- guys, make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense. They rejected $2 million. 2 million euros, okay. They rejected 2 million euros, but then they were asking for 800K for him. Oh, my God. What the fuck? That's so stupid. <laughs> make it make sense. A team offers them 2 million euros. El Yulia, take it or leave it. They're like, no, I don't know. You know what? We probably want to get rid of this guy. But I know the other teams are kind of probably tightening up their budgets. Let's see how much we can get for him. They start shopping around. Eight hundred thousand euros. You had two million for this guy on the table. That—that that is how you get fired. If the person gave up two million and lowered it to eight hundred thousand dollars, and then only to literally keep Ojoja anyway, because is staying with the team for the rest of this year, because that's what his contract's over at the end of twenty twenty three, right? So he'll be a free agent. Elio is not resounding with Mad Lions. So this is Yoya's last year with Mad Lions, as we know. That's crazy. Make it make sense, guys. Make it make sense. The initial price to start the process, a notably lower price in comparison to the buyouts in the past few years. When it comes to buyouts, the team offering the player has a set starting price. The buyout amount goes up when multiple teams are seeking the player. And... Enter a bidding war. During the bidding process, the player may have considerable influence on the final decision. <laughs> oh, it's oh, dude, right? Reject two million to the two delay one year. I'm sure he will still change teams next year. Yeah, who is running this org's financials? I mean, it's just bad. That's just horrible. If you offer me two million dollars for anything I have in my life, I'm giving it to you. That's two million dollars. I just threw off the table. What a bunch of freaking people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is, this is a bad decision. I, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that shit. That is a bad decision. Because if you're already considering an asking price of $800,000 or €100,000 or whatever, right? They were considering getting rid of him anyway. So if you are already considering getting rid of him all, all right now... You might as well get him at max value. I don't think El Yoya is worth $2 million, nor do I think he's worth $800,000 either. That's just free money on the table. It's crazy. During the offseason, two teams were in the race for El Yoya G2 and Fnatic. So Fnatic wanted to get rid of Razor. Makes sense because that team has got its own levels of problems. <laughs> Both teams got permission from Mad Lions to negotiate contract terms with El Yoya. As negotiations went on, it seemed more and more likely El Yoya would be playing for one of the two aforementioned clubs. According to sources close to Blix.gg, El Yoya expressing a desire to play elsewhere was a motivating factor in MAD putting the player on the market. So the so El Yoya already wants to play for a different org. MAD kind of already know that and want to get rid of him. Get offered the biggest potential buyout for a Western player that I've seen in a very, very long time. And then they're like, no. That makes sense to any of you guys? That makes sense to any of you guys? Make it make sense, please. Here, oh, uh, here, please. They're, no. doing they're doing crack! 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 <sighs>
2: <sighs> man, People man. smoke People crack. smoke crack, and, crack and, and you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't
0: do that. Wow. Oh Lord, Fnatic emerged as the frontrunners, but were but there were complications. Fnatic still had Razork under contract, and Fnatic were happy with his performance from the prior season. In addition, El Yoya desired to land on a team with Melzet, the former coach of G2 Arctic, and Supa, the former G2 Arctic AD carry. El Yoya's conditions further complicated the potential placement as Fnatic's plan was to promote their academy head coach Crusher to the main team th- though the promotion is not 100% decided at the time of this article Melzetz condition was to be the head coach the thing here is uh, also guys in the off season is that a lot of a lot of off season moves tend to happen very very quickly so if there's any parity in any off season negotiation well, well what that basically means is if a team is like indecisive about kind of like getting rid of a player they'll simply be like i'm good i'm done i'm backing out that's probably what ended up happening fanatic was still intent on pursuing el yoya and in the event of landing the player wanted to make sure razork landed on a good team so fanatic also wanted to get rid of (laughs) razork yes man could you imagine being a player and hearing that like the org you're gonna play for like next year just straight up wanted to get rid of you oh that's so great that's so great The only possible option was G2 Esports, but the Fnatic jungler was a second option among G2's ranks. The first option was El Yoya. Early in the offseason, G2 acquired Han Sama and Mickey X, meaning fulfilling the aforementioned conditions asked by El Yoya was not possible. Yeah, because if Matter being like indecisive with El Yoya's buyout with G2, and if El Yoya's talking to Fnatic and G2 when there's no concrete league going with it, then G2 is going to start going with their other possible options because you want to secure your best the best players, obviously, during the offseason because, you know, the best players always get eaten up very quickly in the offseason. So it's more like a domino effect. The domino effect being like, okay, so let's say there's a very, very valuable player in the offseason that gets cut from a team. So this year it would be Hansama, right? So Hansama was a very, very valuable prospect as what people have been reporting for people that report on information from the LEC, right? So it's a domino. If Hansama gets picked up first, then the dominoes all fall. That means you. That after that, you guys saw S get picked up. You guys saw Reckless get picked up. You guys saw Hilosang go to Mad Lions. All it takes is one domino to fall, and then every other piece starts falling, right? Though the conditions were not able to be met, El Yoyo was still considering the two options. As the offseason progressed, fanatics seemed more and more unlikely as the as they were unable to reach a deal landing Razork on G2. Coupled with the fact that El Yoya was a priority pickup for G2, Fnatic decided they would continue with Razork. G2 Esports continued negotiations with Mad Lions, though their offers were somewhat lower than Mad's stated buyout price. Throughout negotiations, Mad had denied some offers by G2. During the, the negotiations, however, the players on G2 agreed on lower salaries, enabling G2, the budget to satisfy Mad's buyout and acquire El Yoya. G2 made the offer for El Yoya on the same day as their deadline to determine who would be their starting jungler. The deadline was on November 5th, that is, last night. Upon receiving G2's offer, Mad Lions took time to consider the sole offer and countered with the new buyout price, which is asking 1,100,000 euros for El Yoya. The new buyout price resulted in G2 withdrawing from negotiations with Mad Lions. They are 2 million, Android K, G2's like a million dollars. They're like, no. So they're mega crack smokers. <laughs> oh, God. G2 Esports decided on placing Yike as their starting jungler. For the 2023 season. So if the G2 players had to take salary cuts. On their contracts to get El Yoya. They were willing to do it. That's crazy. The players were like. We'll take less money. We want to play with El Yoya. Can you make it happen? G2 tried. And then Mad Lions. Were like. Well and then Mad Lions had another counter offer. And G2 were like no. Because if G2 also want to pay their players the full contracts. Now that they can do that. They're going to be taking on a. And what, an EU Masters jungler who, you know, literally is just going to be starting this year? So I think that's fine. You know, the players get paid their, you know, full salaries now. To put in perspective, current market prices for players, notable transactions such as 100 Thieves, more than $800,000 euro buyout for Abadage in 2021, or Team Liquid acquisition of Hansama, which was the deal that exceeded 1 million in buyout price. G2 Esports' initial asking price for Yankos was well over 1 million euros. Was that, a, yeah, a million euros, according to sources close to Blix.gg. Within the last 48 hours, the asking price for the Polish jungler has been lowered to around, is that a hundred, that can't be 100,000, right? Sorry, yeah, my, my, my bad, that's 100,000 euros. My bad, my bad. 100,000, 100,000 euros, 100,000 euros, my bad. Or is that a million? It has to be a million. Yeah, it's a million. I think I was right, yeah. G2 has lowered Yankos' buyout to 600,000 euros, so yeah, we know he's going to end up on So, yeah, that was the El Yoya situation with Mad Lions. You know, basically, Fnatic and G2 were trying to get El Yoya. El Yoya's deep in uh, negotiations with Fnatic, and that fell through because Mad Lions are indecisive about kind of what they really wanted to do with him. G2 is changing up their offers, changing up their buyout prices, and Mad Lions are like, no, he's worth this. And it's like, no, it's ridiculous. So, that, that just goes to show you guys how crazy, like, some of these off-seasons actually are, you know? And we know that Fnatic tried to get rid of Razork, and we know that Mad Lions were considering very, very deeply getting rid of El Yoya. So we know going into the 2023 off-season, El Yoya and Razork will not be playing for Fnatic or Mad Lions, okay? So this was the upset drama with Fnatic that got posted as a clip. I'm pretty sure from uh, Upset's Twitch channel.
2: Uh, the reasons for me being not not gonna play next split in Fnatic. Um, and to be honest, I thought Fnatic was gonna be kind of my last team I was gonna play in. <laughs> but I don't really want to talk too much in detail about it. But the training environment was, or this was probably like the, the worst one I've ever been in and I just had a lot of differences or different thoughts with management on certain topics, especially since summer split, so I think our ideas just kind of grew apart on, on what was important for each other. Hmm, interesting so, Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it So yeah Pretty sad now that I don't have a, That I wasn't able to go to a different team as well But You always learn from the situations And I'm sure Gonna be a good opportunity in the future
0: Okay, so the upset and fanatic drama, because he didn't really go into detail about what ended up happening, and I don't think he'll be doing that for a very long time. So it's one of these things where, God, upset was one of the best players in the LEC all year, in my personal opinion. He definitely came in and filled Reckless's shoes when Reckless left to go play on G2 back in 2021. He's been arguably a top three top two ADC in the LEC. And Upset, in my own personal opinion, has kind of probably always wanted to be on an org like Fnatic because he was on teams like, you know, Schalke. He was on uh Origin. He was on other teams, right? And he was never on like a top tier organization in, you know, Europe. And he finally got on Fnatic. And he definitely proved he's one of the best ADCs in Europe. He's one of the best players in the LEC, in my own personal opinion. And if he was having issues with the management, I mean, guys, the management is literally Yamato Cannon. So most likely having issues with Yamato Cannon, you know, that's what I speculate because he says management. So the upper management would be the head coach, obviously, that'd be a big part of it. Um, Maybe it was another assistant coach, maybe. I'm just speculating, obviously. Um, But my thing here is Upset not having a team is borderline ridiculous, in my own personal opinion. I I, I don't think that he should be teamless. He played really, really well at the 2022 League of Legends World Championship. I think he played fantastic, honestly. I think that if you're an LEC team, this guy should have definitely got the bag to play on your org. But then again, we now know that LEC orgs, like with LCS orgs, during this offseason, wanted to definitely uh, tighten up their budgets. So maybe they had already made decisions about who their ADC was going to be, you know, basically after they couldn't make Worlds. And you think to yourself, like, Upset could have easily went to a Mad Lions, but Hillisang ended up going to Mad Lions, and maybe Hillisang doesn't want to play with Upset anymore because I I personally don't know. Like, Upset and Hillisang, to me, didn't – come out as the bot lane that I thought it was going to be. I mean, uh, initially I thought it was going to be a much better ADC than Reckless for Hillisank's playstyle, but it turns out, I think Reckless might be the better lane partner with Hillisank, which is quite crazy that I would actually say that right now. But, you know, Upset also had that wife drama that ended up happening last year uh, before the 2021 League of Legends World Championship as well. So, you had all these other these other various points of drama with upset. And maybe it's maybe Fnatic in the offseason were wanting too much money for upset. Maybe other teams did try to get upset. Because it usually always happens, because it wouldn't make sense for a player like this to get to have gotten no offers, right? Who's playing insanely well? What most likely ended up happening was other teams offered to get him with a certain amount of money. And Fnatic just basically said no, or they wanted more than what was offered and other teams just backed out, you know? Maybe upset a reputation of being difficult to work with. Maybe that's another thing too. Um, but usually, since these uh, early spring splits go, some teams that want to do very well, they're not going to be doing very well. There's always going to be... Teams out there who start the beginning of the year with an idea of a team, and when they don't do as well, or they're looking to make an upgrade, upset could be that player. If there's going to be any underperforming AD carry in the LEC uh, for this past LEC 2023 winter split, after the winter split is over, you know, upset is definitely right there if you want to pick him up, though. But yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Oh my goodness. So uh, let's go over some some, some of the comments, actually. Let's see what the random Reddit analysis people are like. I'm not really a fan of Upset, but it's unbelievable. He isn't on any team right now. He's too good not to play. The best ADC in LEC will be replaced in my favorite team by a legend in this team. I don't know what I should think about this. At first, I'm sad to let a player like Upset leave Fnatic, but at the same time, I'm happy to see Reckless in the Fnatic jersey again, and I would like to say thanks to Upset. Okay, it's just some fan cringe stuff. He sounds upset. Oh, oh, good one, dude. Good one. Good one, dude. You got me. You got me. Yeah, the thing here is, like, if Fnatic want to move on from Upset, that's cool and all, but why would you grab Reckless? I mean, (laughs) why would you grab Reckless? I personally think Hansama would have been a great picker for them. You know, potentially, you also had um Patrick, but I don't think Patrick's leaving XL, and Patrick also has a really good team around him now, too. Um, you also had who's another good ADC in the league? I mean, they probably tried to offer comp some money, but Rogue were definitely like, nah, I'm okay, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, what who what other ADCs are in the league that you could probably have taken? Well, Unforgiven, yeah, Unforgiven for sure. Fnatic should have offered some money too, you know, like, why didn't they, but to be fair, Fnatic were already negotiating with Mad Lions for El Yoya, so, you know, it's one of those situations as well, but yeah, I think bringing back Reckless for what, the the third time he's left, he left for Alliance, he left for G2, right, yeah, he's left twice, Fnatic, and he's coming back again, you're letting this guy come back again, you're letting Fnatic, reckless come back again it's more like i don't know man like uh so you know reckless will be their franchise player just upon immediately coming back and they're most likely going to be a team that's going to you know have reckless play weak side as you have uh humanoid razork and wonder do whatever they can on the top side you know that's just how i see i i think unforgiven would have been so much more better of a player than Reckless right now, but that's just me personally. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the main event of today's episode that being the LEC offseason done. We'll continue to work on LCS and ERLs now. My boy, cheap Woolo. I pray to Woolo every night. Cheap, sheep gods, cheap gods. Um, but no, I'm just kidding with the guys. All right. So we have all the teams right here, and we are going to be going into our LEC 2023 winter. Split tier list, okay. So I have it in just four categories right here. So I'm gonna start off with like all the teams, uh, more more like teams I'm not interested in first, in my own personal opinion. So like teams that I give a shit about watching. Oh, misfits is gonna be team heretics. This is heretics, guys. Uh, they didn't have the newest heretic symbol right there. Rogue is coy, but I'm still gonna call them rogue because they're rogue to me. Are rogue really gonna rebrand all their socials to Koi? That'd be fucking. That'd be freaking crazy, man. All right. So let's start with Astralis. Astralis' roster is Finn, 133, Dejor, Kabe, and Jang Hoon. Uh, okay. Finn is a very hot and cold top laner. I've seen this guy play ever since he was kind of in the EU. The EU Master scene when he started with like that Rogue Academy team when Rogue first joined the LEC, and he's had like some pop off games, but when he's not having good games, he kind of looks like one of the worst top laners in the league. And I just don't think he's honestly like he's a decent upgrade over Visitchachi because I thought Visitchachi was the worst player in the LEC by far. So he is an upgrade over Visitchachi. The thing here. Is is it gonna be like it's gonna be a big difference, but it's not gonna be like that big of a difference where you're gonna see like them get many more wins, you know. Um Jang Hoon and Kabi were, they were a solid okay bot lane. They were like they were like okay. I think Jang Hoon overperformed on Astralis in a good way. I thought he was actually legitimately good. Um and Dejure, he only played like a few good champions well, like Rise and Vex in the mid lane. So honestly. I would kind of put them like I don't know where where I would put a honestly sorry there's a motorcycle outside. Sorry about that Let me get you guys uh this right here
1: <sighs>
0: People Man. smoke Man. crack People and smoke and crack and you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that yep so that's hopefully what a has been doing. Sorry about that yeah. He's starting his motorcycle. Sorry about that. So, uh, Astralis, Astralis, Astralis. Holy crap. Uh, where would I put them at? Potential playoffs or not a chance? Uh, I think Astralis is potential playoffs. I think they're, they're potential playoffs. That's kind of the best I can put them right now. I just don't really see this roster pretty much doing anything. I, I just don't see that. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Let me make sure I follow you guys back. Make sure I do that. Mm. Uh, I I just don't see it. I, I just, I think the roster is going to be maybe seventh place, max, maybe. Probably eighth place if we're being considerably nice to each other. But it might peak out at seventh place, maybe potentially miss out on playoffs. I think they're going to have a record of like, I don't know, shit, it, it's, I think they're on the same boat as like these other orgs I'm going to talk about too. All right. So let's go to, uh, what the heck? Is that not Okay. What the hell? There we go. Oh, right. Let's go to the next team I have, which is team BDS. What is BDS's team? BDS's team is Adam, Shiyu, Nuclear Ant, Crownie, and Labrov. All right. So Labrov was arguably one of the worst players in the LEC earlier this year. I've, I'm still kind of like out on crown shot to a certain extent. I, he's like okay. I think people just weirdly overrate him. Nuclear Int, I think, ran it down most of the year. I have no clue who Shio is. Or Shio. What, are the, what is it? She-O, I don't know who that guy is. And uh, who else do you have? Adam. Adam played well in the ERLs. But we saw what Adam looked like in the LEC. You know, earlier um, this year it looked pretty bad. So against bottom tier competition, he looks good, but against top tier competition, he doesn't look as good. Which is like, meh. You know, eh. I'll probably just have them as not a chance. I'm just not a fan, honestly. I think they just for for orgs that, that apparently have money, they kind of did the bare minimum for this off season. Crowny, Crownshot, and Lebrav. That that just sounds horrible probably is gonna be one of the worst bot lanes in the league. All right. I'm gonna let's go to SK Gaming. SK Gaming is irrelevant. Marcoon Certis, Exekick, and DOS. I remember when DOS got his chance on Misfits, he, he, looked, he looked all right. Uh you also had what a irrelevant? I think a relevant played pretty good given the situation with Misfits earlier this year. I think Marcoon looked okay on um XL, he looked okay on XL. Definitely on the downward trajectory when he was on XL. Like, they, they they picked him up around, like, last year. And I personally think that he's never really shown the type of jungle potential that other players have. You know? Like, like you look at Marc-Coon and you go, what games has he really, like, stood out in? Like, he's not really a carry jungler, not really a tank jungler. He's just a okay player, you know? I think this will be kind of like the same situation with uh, Astralis. I think they're pretty much leaning on not a chance, in my own personal opinion, That if you're asking just me. But Surtis, he had some pop-off games here and there. And SK Gaming are usually kind of borderline playoffs, usually. So I'll give him potential playoffs, okay? Uh, Now we have... Uh, which Misfits, which is now Team Heretics, which is Evie, who was on Dead Nation Focus Me, as you guys saw, uh, DFM at the uh, 2022 League of Legends World Championship, and Yankos, who was obviously on G2, and you have Ruby, Jack Spectra, and Mursa. This looks like a, a weird cluster fuck of a team, you know? Like, I, I, I want to say potential playoffs. I do, and that's probably where they're landing. But, oh, it's more like, how is Yanko's going to communicate with Evie and Ruby? Ruby and Evie, well, isn't Ruby Japanese, right? I'm pretty sure Evie is Japanese, right? Let me go to Evie. Evie Leakpedia. Evie Leakpedia is a... He's Japanese. I'm pretty sure his this is Japanese. Uh, Yeah, he's Japan. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so Ruby. Let's go to... Ruby. Ruby Leaguepedia. Ruby is... Yeah, he used to play for Unicorns of Love. Yeah, he's Korean. So they have a Japanese and a Korean player. These guys can't speak to these two. Like, mid and jungle can't speak to each other. Neither can top and jungle. And you have Mersa who... Also kind of turbo sprinted it on Misfits early in the year. Out of all the players that this or could have kept from Misfits, they kept MRSA. This might bite me in the ass, but I'm 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 going to not a chance. I'm good. Now this, I, I promise this might it probably is gonna bite me in the ass. But looking at the roster on paper, that looks like complete garbage. Um all right, let's go to uh Excel. Excel is going to be the team that a lot of people think has a pot- potential shot at winning the LEC title. So, what you have right here is you have an upgrade in the top lane over Finn. So, you bring in Oda Wamne. Zerksay is a much more stable, a much more stable jungler than Mark Kuhn. and Oda have worked together in the past. So, that's also going to be some added synergy. Now, that's not to say that they're going to have the same synergy they had back when Oda Wamne and Zerksay was on Splice. Not saying that. But It's better than what you had before, which is a good thing. Vethio was one of the best players in the LEC. Failed in the playoffs, yes, but let's be honest here, guys. Nothing you can do in that position, right? Vethio, massive upgrade over Nuke Duck. Patrick, top four, LEC ADC, minimum top four. And you also have Targermus. Targermus, I think, started out really strong, but faltered as the year went by. You know, I, I think people slightly overrate him. I, I don't think he ever really had performances like a Vulcan, you know, like a like a a, a freaking even Uhi to some extent. I, I I don't think he ever had those kind of pop-off games like players like Vulcan and Caria had. I think he had some okay games, but they were kind of like meh, you know? But Targamas, he's at worst a side grade over Mickey X. So I think this roster could at least get top four. I'm at least putting them. They'll they'll do well. I think they're going to do well. This is e- I think this is going to be XL's best year coming up. Because remember, XL constantly struggled to make it even into the playoffs. They finally make the playoffs back to back splits this year. So we're getting improvements. Hey guys, improvements are coming for XL. It's slow. It's slow, but they're coming. Okay. Uh, after this. You have Team Vitality. And Team Vitality is Photon, Bo, Perks, Neon, and Kaiser. So the same situation that I applied to Heretics also goes with Vitality, but to a lesser degree. And I'll explain why. Okay, so Photon comes from T1's Challenger team. And as you guys know, a T1 is pretty good at producing players. So it makes sense to why they grab a T1 esque player makes sense i've not seen this guy play so i cannot say if he's been good i can't say that bow was on fpx and bow looked extremely good on fpx when he played he got in trouble for match fixing and he was banned from competing in the lpl and then after that he's just been kind of in uh, eu just you know playing solo queue and perks wanted to grab bow so the reason why they couldn't play bow this past split was because uh, his visa wasn't ready or something like that. It was basically complications to get him, like, you know, was it citizenship or some shit? Not necessarily a visa, more like uh, they were trying to work on getting him, like, a passport or something like that. I forgot the actual nature behind it, but they couldn't play him, so I got in Haru. And Haru kind of knew that he was going to be off Vitality for Bo. If you watch both solo queue games, really talented jungler. But there's another problem here that I brought up with Heretics that I brought up with Vitality right now is photon is Korean. Bo is Chinese. Their top side cannot speak to each other unless they're just communicating through pings. That's it. The bot side of Kaiser and Neon, like Neon played okay this past year. I think this was Neon's best was last year neon's best year i, I, I don't know neon's had some pretty good ish splits i think this year he stepped up when it mattered but he wasn't like a real carry thread you know he was more fine playing weak side and i think the thing here with neon is like if vitality wanted just a stable adc because karzy was trying to be unemployed <laughs> this offseason for how bad he was playing then I think Neon's a fine pickup. Neon's an upgrade over Karzy. Kaiser is a massive upgrade over LeBron. So you got a pretty good solid bot lane. If Perks and Kaiser can have a pretty good mid support synergy, that's pretty good. I think that's going to be really good for them. That's if it happens. I'm just making an assumption, obviously, right? So the other thing here is also going over the dynamic of the team, right? So since. The jungler can't really speak to perks. I don't know how good both English is. Probably not that good, let's be honest here. Since you're going to have a mixture of players that have high carry potential versus like, okay, if they're playing weak side, it's going to be stable. I think this team definitely will do a lot better than this year's past Vitality. Based off the potential on the roster itself, but I think it's they're still going to end up struggling for a lot of different reasons. And if the meta changes and they still can't really properly communicate, or if they have communication problems, it's only gonna make things worse. But I think they'll do well. But I think Excel are gonna be the better team out of both of them. All right, let's go to Mad Lions. You have Chasey, El Yoya, Niski, Karzi, and Hillasang. So uh let's go to the top side, which is Chasey, he was on X7 Esports, not seeing this guy play. Can't talk about him, right? Yoya, one of the uh, top three junglers in the LEC, played really well this year, despite a lot of the roster changes that Mad Lions had between Reeker and, uh, you know, bringing in Niski in. Uh, I like, uh, well, just the one roster change, right? So then Niski, at least for LEC standards, is at least maybe a top four LEC mid laner, right? I think Niski played very well at the beginning of the LEC 2022 summer split, but I think toward the latter end of the split, he started to just fall off massively. Complacency, maybe that played a a factor in. You know, it seems like when teams do well with Niski initially, they start kind of falling apart toward the very end of the split, you know, or very end of the season when you're counting in like splits, right? So the thing here to understand is if Nisqy could be in his top four LEC mid laner form, I think they can do very well. But it also is going to depend on Hillisang. Like Hillisang is a massive coin flip player. Like there's some splits where this guy's like the best support in the LEC, along with players like Kaiser and Mickey X and even Trimby. But there are splits where he's also kind of like the worst player in the LEC. One split he's like the best player in VP quality. And then there's another another split where he's just sprinting it, trying to be unemployed, right? But now finally being on Fnatic, he's been playing on Fnatic for a very long time, since 2018. New environment, different players. I think Nisqy, oh, because Pio Factor and Nisqy and Hila have already played together. So you're going to have that nice mid-support synergy going there. I think this is going to be the better roster for Sang, And I think if Sang is going to have one of those splits where he pops off and he's like MVP quality, I think this is going to be the split to do it. And I'll put, can Mad Lions win the LEC? Ooh, I, I think they'll do well. I think they'll do better than potentially Excel in Team Vitality. But I think winning the LEC is going to be kind of tough for them, right? All right, let's go to... Let's say Fnatic and G2, because those are always the biggest ones to talk about. Let's go to Rogue, or now Koi. I am never calling them Koi, but that's what they're known as now. They're called Koi. Guys, this is just Rogue. Rogue rebranded to that shitty name. So, basically, the LEC 2022 Summer Split Champion Rogue roster is the same, except for uh, the top lane. The only change in Rogue's team is just Shigenda. Shigenda played on Team Vitality uh last year and was just straight up garbage. And <laughs> he got sent to the ERLs. I haven't seen Shigenda since he was playing in the ERLs. So the last time I saw this guy, he was probably one of I won't say he was like the absolute worst top laner in the league, but he was definitely like bottom of, of the league, almost essentially. At least peeking out at seventh place, right? But The roster still boasts many good strengths. Malrong was one of the best junglers in the LEC this year. Larson, I think is still top three best mid laner in the LEC, arguably next to Caps. He finally beat Caps, right? Uh, Comp, the best ADC in the league next to Upset earlier this year. Now, he's not going to have Upset as his competition. He's going to have to deal with weaker players, essentially, to beat. I was a huge fan of Comp. I think I thought he played very, very well this year. Really surprised me. I'm glad he won a title because this guy definitely played like a championship-winning ADC. And you had Trimby. Uh, Trimby is an emotional guy, you know. But if he can tone down that emotion and keep his head clear, I think Koi is going to do very well. Remember, guys, this is still the same championship-winning roster minus Wamne. That's it. Now, what they're probably opting into is Jigenda might be better at carry top laners than Wamne, because Wamne, despite everything he's good at, it's not the best carry top laner, in my own personal opinion. So is that what they're really opting into? Because what if it's a meta where you're playing tank's top lane? Is Jigenda going to be the guy to be a really good team tank player, you know? But if they're kind of wanting a more carry oriented style in the top lane, Shigenda might be your player, but if you wanted a more like carry oriented player, there was plenty of other players for that. I mean, you could have got Bwippo for that. I would have honestly taken Bwippo for that, or maybe Arma, in my personal opinion. But yeah, Larson, people still undervalue this guy. This guy's constantly performing for Rogue. R- Larson is the longest-standing player still on this Rogue roster ever since Rogue started popping up the way they did in the LEC. Ever since they brought up Larson back in 2019 summer for the LEC, this guy's been with this org, and he's been not on all pro teams. People are putting humanoid over this guy. Like, what the freak— If you put Humanoid over Larson this year, you are a crackhead. You are sniffing some hard drugs, and I don't want any of that shit. But yeah, I think Corey will do very, very well, and I think they'll definitely have a chance at contesting the title. It's literally the same roster minus freaking Wamne. But there are instances where uh, bringing back the exact same team can also have issues because, you know, winning can kind of cure everything, but... You know, when you're losing with this same group of players, you might go through the, oh, I don't know if we can really get through this. Kind of like, um, you could basically look at Koi like 100 Thieves, right? 100 Thieves ran back the same roster, you know, and they made back-to-back finals for the um LCS this past year. Could Koi be what 100 Thieves was for the LCS this year? Could Koi make back-to-back finals with the same four core players? It's very possible. I mean, these players are really good. Malrong really stepped up and was a massive uh, player for Rogue. Because, like, guys, I've watched Malrong since he was on fucking Air Greenways. And this guy was complete dog shit, you know, on these, like, bad LCK teams, right? Came over to Rogue, dominated the LEC. I mean, the way this guy, this guy's peak in spring was insane to watch. And then, yeah, he kind of faltered a little bit. At the beginning of summer, but he played very, very well toward the latter end of it and massively stepped up in the playoffs. But he had that little falter against G2, which we don't kind of talk about. But I think this roster will do pretty well, in my personal opinion. Now we go to Fnatic, the big dogs, right? The big top dogs, Fnatic and G2. Okay. You got Fnatic and G2. Let's go to Fnatic, right? So, Fnatic's team is going to be Wonder, Razoric, Humanoid, Reckless, and Rux, right? So, I think Wonder proved to people that he still can be one of the best top laners in the LEC, right? One of the best, not the best, one of the best, right? Because the top lane pool for the LEC is honestly not that strong. So if Wonder came in this winter split and he was, you know, kinda at least top four material, that's really good for Fnatic, actually. And I think he played pretty well as the year went up and up and up. He played better. Started out kind of sloppy from his last G2 year, but I think he played better and better and better as his weeks went by. And I I was impressed with him the more uh, weeks we got. And I think them keeping Wonder is good. Razork and Humanoid Synergy is a Abysmal. And the reason why I have to put them together is because a lot of the reasons why Fnatic lost a lot of their games was kind of because of Razzler and Humanoid. A lot of the reasons why Fnatic didn't make the finals in the LEC 2022 Spring Split and they didn't make the finals in the LEC 2022 Summer Split was because of Razzler and Humanoid's bad mid-Jungle synergy. Their mid-Jungle synergy is some of the worst I've seen in any Western team like ever. And this is going up with, like, some of the worst teams of all time type shit. Like, it's really bad. It's so bad to the point that we know now that Fnatic tried to get rid of Razork. It was that bad. They wanted to reunite El Yoya and Humanoid, who were on Mad Lions at one point, and actually won championship titles together. Razork is a player that also struggled a lot, but then was super clutch in playoffs. Eh, meh. You know, Uh, you have Humanoid who also kind of ran it down (laughs) most of the year, but kind of picked it up when it mattered. So you kind of have a top four LEC mid laner, kind of can kind of still carry games, right? Like the top side for Fnatic is competent, but if they still have these synergy issues for this upcoming LEC 2023 winter split, it's going to also be a huge issue, right? And then you bring in Reckless, right? I think Reckless is just a downgrade over Upset, right? But if Upset had issues with the fanatic management, then obviously he was going to get switched out. But just better players than Reckless, you know? Han Sama. I'd throw Neon in there. Comp, Patrick. You know? That's just me personally. Unforgiven. Rec- over Reckless. i I do it. I didn't really watch too much of Reckless in his ERL games with uh, Carmine Corp, but I'm going to have to have to do more vibe review on that. But I I, I just don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just a downgrade. Like no matter how much you try to slice this pie, it's just a downgrade to me personally. Just, just a downgrade. Okay. Um, Rux. He played for Fnatic during those Worlds 2022 uh, play-in stage games where uh, Fnatic went 2-0 against Evil Geniuses and Chiefs. Rucks looked better than Hillisang in those two games. Now, the thing is that, guys, the the sample size is very small, and I've seen this happen in many, many, many uh, LEC teams over all these years I've been watching League, is that a player kind of gets subbed in for a situation and then looks better than the player that he's replacing with very little sample size. And then when you see the player that replaced the other guy, get the long-term time to play for a split, they tend to really not always be that good. You know, like every time I've seen that it's not really always played out too well. You know, it's always kind of played like, okay, this guy's like good, but he's not going to be like the star or the carry player that you're looking at. Now, since Hillisang looked really bad, did that make Rux look better? I I I don't know, honestly. It just depends on how you look at it. But for a lot of people to go, like, man, Rux might be the best support in the LEC, that's crazy. Because he only got like two games to play, you know? And you know, they still could have played Hillisang. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. They still could have played Rux after he did very, very well on Fnatic in those two uh playing stage games, but they still kind of chose to go with Hillisang even though Rux won the games that he played with, right? So I'll have to see how it plays out for him. I don't want to, like, overrate him. I don't want to underrate him either. But the sample size is just so low to really kind of gauge how strong he actually might be. But as for Fnatic, I think they have potential to win the LEC. Fnatic kind of always has potential to win the LEC. You know, even just earlier this year, they made the, it'd be like the third place matches, right? So you guys remember how we used to have like third place matches for like Europe and NA? Well, they essentially made the third place matches uh, for the playoffs. You know, they essentially made the third place matches. And that's still good considering the fact that, you know, the, this super roster was essentially failing most of the year, right? So, yeah, I think Fnatic had the potential to win LEC, not exactly straight up, straight up, outright win it. I think this roster will struggle, but now that they don't have Upset, it might actually be better for them because they can play through Wonder. Maybe Razor can play through Humanoid. Maybe Upset was trying to have them always play through him. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. And our last final team is G2 Esports, the team that I support in the LEC, been supporting these guys for the longest, you know, where will G2 finish? So G2's roster is going to be Broken Blade, Yike, Caps, Hansama, and Mickey X. So Broken Blade played pretty badly throughout the year. Can't sugarcoat that, can't slice that pie any different way. I personally think Broken Blade played like pure shit. You know, there were games where he had massive carry potential on champions like Aatrox and Aurelia and one more champion, or like on Gangplank too. But Broken Blade to me played pretty bad. He was super underwhelming as the year kept going. Like initially when he was playing, uh, it was like, oh, okay, he, he can definitely carry some games. But as the split you know, ramped up. And as we got to MSI, as we got into summer split, as we got into worlds, he didn't look that good at all. Honestly, maybe he bounces back, you know, from this year. And if he does, that's really good. But looking at all the games that I've seen from him, I just don't see it personally. They might have one of the, for g G2 who might potentially win the split, they might have the weakest top laner out of the top three teams that I just paired them with. You know, but we're looking at Jagenda and Wonder, and I'll definitely take Wonder over Jagenda and Broken Blade right now. Not seeing Yike play. Can't commentate on that guy. Not going to commentate on someone that I haven't seen play. As you guys know, I don't talk about players I've not seen play. Caps? Ugh. So remember when Caps was also kind of not doing too well when the year first started, and then he slowly but surely started, like, ramping up during the playoffs, right? And I think Caps, toward at least the end of the uh, LEC 2022 summer split, he was still a top three LEC mid laner. He's kind of always a top three, top four at least, LEC mid, right? But But earlier this year, I think Perks, Larson played better than him at various moments, right? Vethio, I think, played better than Caps in a lot of the games. Caps can still be arguably one of the best players in the LEC, just kind of depends on what Caps we get. Now, I think Caps was also performing very well at Worlds, and he performed very, very well in the summer split. But he also had some games where he kind of you know ran it down. So the thing is that they, they still have a really good mid laner. The thing here is which Caps are we gonna get is the question. But when we get a Caps that can carry games, remember that Lissandra play that Caps did against Rogue to kind of get G2 back into the series? That kind of caps is the caps that you're scared of. The caps that will just take over a game. Uh, Han Sama. Han Sama played. Uh, how do we explain this? Hansama Sama was a player that Team Liquid chose to play through and funnel all the resources into. And Team Liquid, at a certain point, were like, okay, we don't really have an identity. We really can't play through anybody. Let's just play through the bot lane. And they did. We saw that in the L- LCS 2022 Split playoffs. We saw that, you know, um, Han Sama was getting the Jinx pick, the Zaya pick, all the resources. Santorin constantly ganked for this guy. You know, they were also winning the bot lane because Han Sama and Korji, they, a- they were a good bot lane. Just the synergy just wasn't there between them. But Team Liquid opted into carrying through Han Sama. Now, will G2 opt into carrying through Han Sama? Like Team Liquid did, because with Mickey X coming back to G2, Hansama and Mickey X played together on uh, Misfits back in 2018, and they were a pretty good bot lane, all things considered. But this is a different Hansama Mickey X compared to back then, and that's the issue here: is if Hansama Mickey X don't have that same synergy that they had before, it's not going to work out. If Broken Blade performs as badly as he did early on this year. It's not going to work out, but usually when it comes to orgs like G2 and Fnatic, there's just some type of mystique, some kind of aura there where they're consistently always at the top of the league challenging for top three and uh, first or second slots for the playoffs, right? The other key piece of information here to understand about G2 is that G2 also won the 2022 LEC Spring Split. They won a title in a year where they were not supposed to win a title. This was this was supposed to be their rebuild year for G2 and they still won a title. So given the players that they have now, I think Hansama is an upgrade over Flackid. I think that Mickey X is a side grade of Tar- Targamas, but with potentially higher upsides, the more you look at it, uh, Yike is going to be a definite downgraded Yankos. There is no, no way getting around that. And Broken Blade is probably going to be one of the middle-of-the-pack top laners of the LEC. But given the fact that we're going to see more BO3s, and more uh, BO5s, like we went over in that video, I think this team is going to perform better in BO3 and BO5s. I think if this team had to perform in BO1s, I think it'd be a really bad thing for them, because I don't think this team is good in BO1s. If we're just looking at the team roster on paper, I just don't think this team would be good for the BO1 structure. But since you're going to have a little bit of BO1s, then going to BO3s, I think that's where this team will really shine. I think all the years with G2 in the league they're at least challenging to win the title, always, you know? There are some years where they don't make the finals and all that other shit, but at most of the years, they've always competed. They're getting to the finals or they're at least attempting to be in the finals in those decider matches to get to final weekends, right? So, yeah, that's it. That is my LEC 2023 winter spring uh, winter split team tier list. Yeah, my LEC 2023 winter split team tier list. Okay. Um, there's any other remarks that I would kind of like to say? Uh, not really. I think I laid out all my arguments with all, the, all these teams very well. The thing is, though, guys, I'm not one of those people where it's like, uh, well, you gotta like pick this team because they have a different amount of players now. It's like, no, 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 no. Um, the way I look at it is an org can do one of two things for me consistently perform well with a different roster of players or perform bad with a consistent roster of players changing out. Right? So an org like G2 has constantly always changed players out and performed very well in the LEC just for LEC standards. Right? Then you look at an org like SK gaming swapping players out and they're constantly performing just about as they always do, which is like seventh or maybe eighth, you know, Like, you can have new years for teams, right? But that doesn't matter. How many new years do I need to see where Astralis and SK Gaming and Team BDS are going to be donkey shit, you know? I don't need no more new years for that. I know they're going to be bad. And unless they start proving they're going to be better to me, I'm not putting them anywhere else. You have to prove to me you're going to be challenging uh, G2 and Fnatic and, uh, well, Rogue, right? Or even Mad Lions because all these guys have won titles. All four of these orcs have won titles. So if you can consistently show me year after year after year after year, you can get to playoffs consistently and challenge for a title, I'm not putting you anything above where you deserve. I'm sorry, it's just not gonna work. You know, that's how I see it. Cause it, yeah, cause people always bring up, but it's a new year. It Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's new years. It was a new year this year, and SK Gaming still failed. And so does is Nothing's changed. So I don't know where this new year argument comes from. But it's still the same results. Ugh, the same fucking results every year. It's just diff- a different coat of paint. Um, That's my thing. Also, if you guys are watching this episode of the Content Podcast, like the stream. Helps out a lot. Hit smash that like button. Helps the stream get promoted in the algorithm. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up here. This went about as good as I thought it would go, honestly. You know? Um, next week we are going to be doing the LCS 2023 spring split team tier list. So, uh, like I t- told you guys before at the beginning part of this episode, uh, sh- the guy named Sean or Cole, as you guys know him, he's not going to be able to join for a little bit. I'll be able to bring back Warren, uh, for the next time we talk about the LEC. I'll probably end up having Warren, or um, there's another guy. That I used to have for the LEC before. I'm going to contact my LEC guys. And see if they want to be on the show. But if you do have LEC knowledge. And want to be part of the show. Just hit me up on Twitter. And we, we can see where it goes. If we have good chemistry. You know. Um, But yeah. Next week. The LCS 2023 Spring Split Team Tier List. And we're going to be going over. uh Various other situations. About the LCS moving forward. Um there's going to be more content dropping this year on the channel. I just I have literally one more news video to do and then I'm going to post my remainder news videos. There's literally three news videos less left actually after this. So there's one about BDD, one about uh Prince and the last one is about Faker. So when you guys see those last three 2022 off-season news videos from me Unless we get some more more big news, then I'll cover that, right? Um, we're going to end up having a, a channel update video coming up. Then I'll be telling you guys what the new series is about, what my plans are for the channel. And uh, usually, they're usually the same. But just want to kind of just update you guys on what's going on. I now have the community tab open so I can update you guys more often. And if you guys are watching this on Tuesday, it is going to be my birthday tomorrow. So if you guys want to come... And support your boy on his main YouTube channel. My main YouTube channel is right here. Well, Yamato posted why he's leaving Fanatic. Oh, that can't be good. Oh, don't, don't just like more drama. More drama, right? So this is my main YouTube channel right here. If you guys want to see what I'm doing when I'm not uh, streaming on here or when I'm obviously like not doing league content, this is where I'm at. This is legitimately where I'm at. My birthday is going to be tomorrow, so, you know, come by. You guys got to stop being shy. Come by and say hi to your boy. We're going to have a birthday stream. We're going to have all kinds of shit tomorrow coming up. Uh, but, yeah, that is going to be uh, pretty much it. I will see you guys later. Like, comment, and subscribe. Most of all, enjoy. I am MSK, and this is Esports Content Entertainment, You're one place